you know, it's easier to, to say that the Lord is kind, to say that the Lord is good all the time, and all the time God is good, when things in your life is really doing well. When you are experiencing a lot of uh, fruitfulness in your life. Early this morning, uh, Elder Joel and I uh, attended a birthday party. That's probably a unique birthday party that we experienced because... Uh, it's a birthday celebration of a baby who turned one year old, and the guest uh, is about 500. 500, and I've eaten some things that I don't know what they are, <laughs> but I ate them anyway because they, they told me it was expensive. <laughs> and that was good, by the way. So <laughs> it's, it's so amazing to say, you know, thank you, Lord, because... If you're in that situation, you're kapag umaten ka ng extravagant celebration, birthday party, you will say, wow, the Lord is really gracious. The Lord is really good. But what if you're not even sure if you can provide for your son on his first birthday? What if hirap na hirap ka pa bumili ng diaper? What if yung kakainin nyo for tomorrow, hindi pa sigurado? What if you're preparing for this bear months and hindi mo alam kung magkakaroon kayo ng Christmas celebration? Is God still good? Will you still experience the kindness of God? Will you still experience the good news in times of emptiness? And this is what we're going to explore in chapter 1 of, of the book of Ruth, and we will go forward there, and I'll try my best not to cover too much. I'll leave uh, the rest to our um, assigned preachers. It might be harder for us to say, ang bait ni Lord, kapag ang sitwasyon natin ay nagkakasakit tayo. Ang hirap sabihin na mabuti ang Diyos kapag ubus na ubus ka na. Kapag ang comment mo na, Lord, kaya ko pa ba bukas? Lord, wala na akong ibibigay. Give up na ako. I hope today that this message will encourage you that there's good news even when we experience seasons of emptiness in our lives. So today, allow me to share with you two things based on Ruth chapter 1. One is the source of our emptiness. And the other is the solution to our emptiness. So two things on the whole chapter of Ruth. So just open your Bibles to the book of Ruth. One, pag-uusapan natin saan nang gagaling yung ating uh, kawalan, yung ating emptiness, saan ba siya nanggagaling, anong pinanggagalingan niya. Pero hindi tayo titigil doon, we are also going to look into how can we find a solution to our Emptiness. So open your Bibles to the book of Ruth. Uh, if you have a hard copy Bible, so that's open between uh, Judges and Samuel. It can be easily missed kasi maliit lang siya na, uh, na book in between big chapters uh, between Judges and Samuel. Here's a quick background. Yung story na ito, came at a time that the Israelites are already in a promised land. Keep that in mind. They are already in the promised land. 
Anong description sa promised land? It's a land flowing with milk and honey. It's, it's abundant land. But at this is the time that they don't have earthly kings yet. There's no King Saul, no King David, no King Solomon, and every other kings. So this is the time where the people who are ruling them are the time of judges. Let's go into the sources of our emptiness. At ang ating unang-unang biniblame when we feel empty is the world around us. Ang una nating tinuturo, kaya ganito ang nangyayari sa buhay ko, is because this is the kind of world that I live in right now. What's the world that they are living in at that time? Verse 1 says in our passage, In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. Again, what is this land? What is this land? This is the promised land. Aren't you curious why is there a famine in the promised land? Bakit merong tagtuyot but walang kasaganahan sa promised land? It could be, you know, this is a way that the Lord is teaching them something. So a man of Bethlehem in Judah, so Bethlehem is a town in Judah, so they went to sojourn to live as a foreigner in a country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. Keep that in mind, the, the story started with a man who came from Bethlehem. And there was a famine, the, his family is experiencing famine in the promised land, at ang sabi niya, naku, mukhang mamamatay ang pamilya ko dito. Kailangan kong lumipat ng bahay. Kailangan kong lumipat ng bahay kasi wala akong mapapakain sa pamilya ko dito. Bakit? Ano ba ang nangyayari at that time? Bakit important na sabihin nung storyteller that this happened in the days when judges ruled? If you just look uh, backwards dun sa last book, sa last verse ng Judges, this is what you will see in Judges 21 to 25. In those days, there was no king. And having no king is not a problem, by the way. In fact, ang sabi sa kanalin ni God, I will be your king. You don't have to be like other nations, I will be your king. Here's where the problem lies. During that time when there was no king, everyone was doing what is right in their own eyes. Kanya-kanya. Kanya-kanya na tayo. Total, wala naman tayong king. You know, ang naiisip ko na na modern day example nito, when we say, nako, wala na mangyayari sa lugar na to. Kailangan ko nang mag-move. Nako, Pag si Blank ang naging president, migrate na ako. Nako, pag ito ang nangyari sa Pilipinas, baka ito na yung time na wala ng pag-asa tong Pilipinas. You know, our tendency when we experience emptiness is to point at the world around us and say, 
you know, my, my boss is not helping me to flourish. My, my family is not helping me to become a good Christian. My school is not conducive for me to grow. Therefore, I will leave this place. And you will see later on that it was not better for them. That's one source of the emptiness. But it doesn't stop there. Even if your world can be chaotic, it also requires for you to respond to it. And that changes a lot of things. So here's the second source of our emptiness. And that is unwise decisions. Unwise decisions. Here's the, here's the irony here. Pinangalanan yung, yung man na yon. The name of the man is Elimelech. And that means in Hebrew, my God is king. His name means my God is king. He actually represents what's happening supposedly in Israel at that time. And his wife is Naomi or Naomi. Does anyone know what Naomi means? Guess. Pleasant. So if you, if you know someone who's named Naomi, her name is Pleasant. By the way, does anyone know what Bethlehem means? Nabayan? Quisby? Does anyone know what Bethlehem means? House of bread. House of bread. So if you are going to start a bakery, Bethlehem is a good name. And it's so ironic that the house of bread has no bread in this time. Here's what happened. So they, Elimelech took his wife and his two sons, Malon and Kilion or Chilion, they were Ephrat, uh, Ephratites from Bethlehem and Judah, and they went into the country of Moab and remained there. What they are saying, this promised land is no more. I will look for solutions for my family. Is that bad? Is that bad to provide for your family? To make sure that your your children will live. You know, the blunder there, and you will see that uh, later on, the blunder there is that Elimelech did not live his life according to his name. My decision is my king. My situation is my king. And so here's the map of what they did. So they are from Bethlehem. So Bethlehem is a town in Judah. So Judah, Benjamin, Reuben, those are uh, tribes. At this time, hinati na yung kanilang mga places, kanilang mga inheritance. They went outside the promised land to go down to Moab. And what happened 
after that unwise decision? What happened to them? Here's what verse 3 says. Then Elimelech died. <laughs> he died. So Naomi was left with two, his two so her two sons. The two sons married Moabite women. And the Moabite women at that time were the enemies. They were the enemy uh, in the enemy territory. One man married uh, uh, one married a woman named Orpa, and the other woman named Ruth. But about ten years later, so they were together ten years in Moab outside the Promised Land. Both Malon and Kilion died. How tragic is this? Pasol akala ko ba love story yan? Bakit parang tragedy ang nangyayari? The man of the house died, his two sons died, and all that's left is Naomi and her two daughters-in-law. Their decision to move outside the promised land resulted in death. And we need to understand, you know, in, in our situation, if you're a widow, if you don't have a husband, it's easier to get back on track, especially if you're younger. At that time, if you're a woman, and if you're a widow, and in, you are outside your country, you're better to be dead. Because there's no more hope for you. There's no more hope for you if you're a widow, you're outside your country, and you cannot have any more children, there's no more hope for you. Here's what uh, Isaiah 5.21 says. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes. Nakakaawa sila. Yung mga sa tingin nila ay wais sila. And they are shrewd in their own sight. What is unwise with Elimelech's decision to move outside of the promised land? Isn't that just, you know, human tendency for us to, you know, you know, take care and be and, and take care of your family and just survive? You know, there's a the similar thing that happened in Genesis in in Isaac, uh, in Genesis 26, you will see this. Now there was a famine in the land, so nakaranas din siya ng tuntuyot. Meron pang tagtuyot before that, sabi ni, uh, in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Gerar, uh, to Abimelech. So Abimelech, king of Philistine, and the Lord appeared to him and said, do, do not go down to Egypt. Okay, here's the thing. If you are Isaac and there's a famine in your land, your tendency, your natural uh, tendency is to go where there, there's a place that's, that's flourishing. At that time, it was Egypt. Okay? Walang pagkain, walang ani, ang pupuntahan mo yung place na merong ganun. So, ang automatic pupuntahan mo, Egypt. God said to him, do not go there. Do not go there. 
Dwell in the land of which I shall tell you, sojourn in this land, be a foreigner in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. What's the difference between what Elimelech did and Isaac did? What's the difference? The difference is God spoke and he followed. You know, prosperity, fruitfulness is not dependent on a specific location alone. It's dependent on the promise and the presence of God. Sabi ni God kay Isaac dito, kahit may tagtuyod dyan, there's a famine in that land, but live in that land because I will bless you there. And that exactly happened. That exactly happened. You know, when we study the source of our emptiness, we look at the world around us, and we look at the sin in us, and say, yeah, this is, this is messed up. This is all my fault. This is, there's, no, there's no hope here. But I want us to dig deeper, because this is a tough pill to swallow, the third source of our emptiness might be God himself. The source of our emptiness might be God himself. So here's what happened, again, going back to our passage, Ruth chapter 1, towards the end of the chapter in verse 19. So the two of them, at this time, magkasama na si Ruth, tsaka si Naomi. The two of them continued on their journey when they came to house of bread, the entire town was excited by their arrival and they said, si Naomi ba yun? Is that Naomi? They don't recognize her because there were no photos at that time. Naomi was not posting at the moment pictures. She's not saying travel goals, hashtag travel goals. And maybe the whole thing, the whole emptiness spirit of her life maybe changed her, her physical appearance. Si Naomi ba yun? Ito ang response niya. Don't call me Naomi. Don't call me pleasant anymore. Instead, call me Mara. And you know what that means, right? Mara means... Mapait. Don't call me pleasant anymore. Call me bitter. For the Almighty has made life very bitter for me. Here's the clincher. Verse 21. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me home empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has caused me to suffer and the Almighty has sent such tragedy upon me you know for Naomi the source of the whole situation her, her emptiness is not simply the world around her not because of the judges not even the unwise decision of her husband the source of her emptiness is God himself and we need to be comfortable with that we need to be comfortable 
with that idea because, you know, we need to see God is not just the God of good things. He does not stop being Lord over everything, even when we go through emptiness. We need to understand that because that's where we appreciate the doctrine of the sovereignty of God. Because even in her time of emptiness, you will see and we will see as we move along that there's a great plan in store for her. In fact, remember when she was, when she was saying this to the crowd, sinasabi niya, wag niyo na akong tawaging pleasant, tawagin niyo na akong bitter kasi the Lord has dealt harshly upon me. You know what? Her redemption is standing right beside her. And that's Ruth. And we will see that as we move along in, in the book of Ruth. You know, if God is really the source of your emptiness, then you have hope. You know why? Because in everything God does, there is a plan. Because He will not lead us to a season of emptiness and leave you there. You know, the favorite psalm of almost everyone is Psalm 23, also includes a phrase that says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. There's still a presence of the valley of the shadow of death. At this point in her life, she is in that valley and she is just seeing that. And the hand of the Lord is upon her on that. But if you look at the bigger picture, she is climbing on a hill with the Lord. You know, if God is the source of your emptiness for whatever reason, then your emptiness is not the end. Look at what happened with her story. If not for God to bring famine in the land, if not for Elimelech leaving the promised land, kung hindi sila namatay, Naomi will not go back with Ruth. And Ruth is a critical character in this redemptive story. If that did not happen, Naomi will not come back with Ruth. They would have stayed there. So even in this time of emptiness, the Lord is at work. And so we need to claim that. We need to be comfortable with that. We need to, we need to find hope in that, that even though, Lord, you are causing me to be empty at this time of my life, I will put my hope in you. And that's what Job did. Job 1.21 says, Naked I came from my mother's womb, Naked shall I return. The Lord gave, he gives. The Lord has taken away, he takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And here's a prayer from, from a, a prophet, Habakkuk, chapter 3. Verse 17 says, Even though the fig trees have no blossoms, 
and there are no grapes on the vines. Even though the olive crops fail and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. You know, brothers and sisters, when we go through a season of emptiness in our life, in our family, in our work, in our school, yes, there will be a time that we will blame the people in the world around us. Our environment is creating this tension in our lives, causing us a lot of stress. Then we will look into our hearts and say, because of my sinful nature that I am in here, and that may be true, but ultimately, the hand of the Lord is on you even through that time. And that should give you hope. That should give you hope because God is not just the God of good things. He is with you in that emptiness of your life. And from that perspective, seeing that the sovereign Lord has a hand even in our emptiness is you know, the right perspective for us to see the solution to our emptiness. I have two suggestions to the solution based on our passage. One is to return to the promise of God. To return to the promise of God. Here's what Naomi did, verse 6. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law to return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the fields that the Lord had visited his people and given them food. Sayang! May pagkain pala! So she set out from a place where she was, sa Moab, she was with her and uh, two daughters-in-law, and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. So from that map, they just returned back. All widows, and they are literally, literally returning to the promised land. Verse 22 of Ruth 1 says, So Naomi returned, and Ruth, the Moabite, her daughter-in-law with her, who returned from the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem at what time? Beginning of a harvest. Remember, Naomi, Elimelech, and the two sons left this place during a famine. Ruth and Naomi returns in a harvest. In a harvest. You know, Moab at that time, in this situation, represented the place where they are hoping they will experience a better life. They are looking for greener pastures. We always say the grass is greener on the other side. But on the other side was death for them. So in essence, what they were hoping, Elimelech was hoping and, and his family was hoping that Moab was the source of their salvation. And when they arrived there, it only led death. So returning to the promise of God meant turning your back against what you thought 
is the source of your salvation. Let me repeat that. Returning to the promise of God means that you turn your back against what you thought is the source of your salvation. If you think this person will give you a better life, if you think this decision will give you a better life, and those things take the place of God in your life, we need to repent from that. And so Moses gives this reminder to the Israelites before, this was before they entered the promised land. Deuteronomy 4.30 When you are in tribulation and all these things come upon you in the latter days, you will return to the Lord, your God, and obey His voice. For the Lord, your God, is a merciful God. He will not leave you or destroy you or for, forget the covenant with your fathers that He swore to them. Returning to the promise of God is actually repentance. This is our biblical term for this. That you turn away from what you think is best for your life and you say, this is not really what I was hoping for and I turn to God. That's actually, you know, if you just remember the story of the parable of the lost son or the prodigal son, that's what happened with the younger son. When he came to his senses, he said, Dun sa bahay ng, ng tatay ko, yung mga hired servants, mas, masarap pa yung kinakain nila kaysa sa akin. Dito ako namamatay sa gutom. Ano sabi niya? When he came to his senses, sabi niya, I will go home to my father. I will go home to my father. At anong sasabihin niya sa father? I have sinned against heaven and you. I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. Yun ang buong spiel niya. Sa prodigal son, if you remember, ang spiel niya is, babalik ako sa tatay ko, hihingi ako ng tawad, i-recognize ko yung pagkakamali ko, tapos ipopropose ko sa kanya, pwede na lang ako maging empleyado mo. You know what happened? When he returned, from far away, the father saw him and embraced him. Embraced him. He was able to say, yes, he was able to say, I have sinned against heaven and you. But that's it. Hindi niya nasabi na take me as your hired hand because the father already embraced him the father already welcomed him and the father already said, quick, put a robe on him because he is my son. He was lost and now he is found. That's what it looks like when we repent, when we return to the promise of God. Friends, brothers and sisters, what are the Moabs in your life? What are the things people, places, situation in your life you think is the source of your salvation that is better than God. It will lead you to death. It will lead you to emptiness. But the good news is we can repent from it. 
What are the habits that we need to repent, repent from? What are the promises of God that we need to return to? Maybe we need to return to that promise that says, I will be your God, you will be my people, I will bless you. Maybe we need to return to the promise that says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Maybe we need to return to the promise, I will be with you always, even unto the end of the age. What are the promises that we need to return to? Here's the second thing. Here's the second solution. is to remain with the people of God. Remain with the people of God. You know, our tendency when we experience emptiness, when we are challenged uh, with difficulties, is to detach ourselves from people. Here's what happened in verse 8. Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Balik na kayo dun sa nanay nyo. Patay na yung mga anak ko na asawa ninyo. You go back to your home. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with me and with the dead. The Lord grant that you may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them and lifted up their voices and they wept. Anong sabi nila? Babalik kami kasama mo. We will return with you to your people. But Naomi said to them, Wag na kayong sumama sa akin. Wala na akong maibibigay na anak sa inyo. I am too old to have a son to give to you as a husband. If I don't have any life anymore, I will just go back to my hometown and die there. Don't go with me because you will just die anyway. So Orpa did that. They, they cried together. All these women cried together. Orpa kissed her mother-in-law, left. But what did Ruth do? Ruth clung to Naomi. Pinilit ni Naomi na sabihin kay Ruth, wag ka nang sumama sa akin. But here's what she said in verse 16. Please do not urge me to leave you or return from following you. For, for where you will go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people shall be my people and your God my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord do so to me. More also, if anything but death parts from you. That is a beautiful statement. You know what Ruth is saying? I am covenanting myself to you. I am your family. I will remain with you. If you go through some of the Bible passages, you will notice that this phrase is very familiar in other passages, and maybe in Ezekiel. In Genesis, yung, I will be, your people shall be my people, your God, my God. You know who said that? God himself. He said that to Abraham. He said that to Israel. He is committing himself to his people. And that's what Ruth is saying to just remaining with the people of God. 
So I encourage you, you know, let's, let's fight the human tendency to detach ourselves from the church. You know, I tell you, it's, it has never benefited anyone to, to disconnect ourselves from the body of Christ. I hope that we will live out our Christian life connected with the community of faith. Don't live out your Christian life from afar. Here's a reminder from Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. You know, you know, this passage is not in the context of Sunday worship service. What the writer is saying, stay connected with your Christian brothers and sisters no matter what because the days are getting evil and evil and evil. All the more reason that we need to hold on together. Stay connected. Remain connected with the people of God. Pero pastor, paano kung ang nagkukos sa akin ng emptiness yung people of God? Paano kung nauubos ako dahil sa simbahan? Anong gagawin ko? You know, I cannot, I cannot guarantee that if you remain connected with your brothers and sisters here in Breadcom QC, I cannot guarantee that you will be full. I cannot guarantee that. Because we are, we are flawed, we are imperfect, we will make mistakes. We will make unwise decisions. I cannot guarantee that, but Jesus can. And he has this guarantee. And if you find it difficult to remain with the people of God, you know, in essence, here's what we can do. If you cannot remain with the people of God, remain with the Son of God. Remain with the Son of God. Here's what Jesus himself said to his disciples, John 15. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will not be empty. They will produce much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. If you're finding it difficult to remain with the people of God, and I hope you know, that can be addressed sooner than later. If you're finding it difficult to return to the promises of God, your you know, repentance is a difficult thing for you. And by the way, it's a lifelong process. The first thing you can do is remain with the Son of God. When you experience emptiness in your life, don't immediately say, I don't think I'm a Christian anymore because I'm experiencing these things. Don't immediately say, maybe there's something wrong with how, how I see God or how 
I view my life in the Christian faith. Remain in Him. Remain in the Son of God. And that's His guarantee that you will produce much fruit. So what is the good news in our time of emptiness? What is the good news? You know, here's a prophetic message from, from Micah chapter 5. Remember, the whole story started in a little town called Bethlehem. Here's a prophetic statement from the prophet Micah, Micah chapter 5, verse 2. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephatra, uh, Ephrata, remember, doon nakatira yung mga si Elimelech and his sons, who are little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old and ancient days. Therefore, he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has given birth. Then the rest of his brothers shall repent, to the pe shall return to the people of Israel, and he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they, sh they shall dwell secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be their peace. You know, this prophetic statement is the passage that was quoted by Matthew when Jesus was born. This was the same passage that Matthew quoted when Jesus was born in Bethlehem. The emptiness of Naomi and her family started when they left this little town called Bethlehem. And everything went downhill from there. You know, this baby born in Bethlehem, he came into the world, was born in this house, in this town, reversed the curse of emptiness, not just in Naomi, in Ruth, but in all of us. You know, Jesus left his heavenly home not to look for greener pastures, Jesus left his heavenly home to sojourn, to journey into a world as a man. He was not looking for a better place. He was looking for lost sheep, you and me. And Jesus himself experienced emptiness on the cross. He was, he was forsaken by his friends. He was forsaken by the heavenly father. You remember that statement? Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? That's the, probably the greatest moment of emptiness in his life. And his being, blood is being drawn out from his, his body. Literally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, socially, he is being emptied for you and me. And he did that so we can no longer experience spiritual famine and spiritual death. Here's his promise in John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief comes to steal, to kill, to destroy, basically to leave you empty. Jesus 
has come. I have come, sabi ni Jesus, that you may have life and that this life will be full. Are you in a season of emptiness today? Maybe you're looking for a job. Maybe you lost a loved one. Maybe you're not sure what, what the future holds. Or you're afraid that you might go through this season of emptiness. Here's an encouragement. Why don't you just come to Jesus and be filled? Why don't you come to Jesus and be filled? Let's come to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you that we can look into the Old Testament narratives and be reminded that you are the God of all things. That you are the God who causes all things to work together for good. And that all things include our seasons of emptiness. Lord, we thank you and we find hope knowing that even if you are the source of our emptiness, this is not the end. Help us to continue to abide in your Son, Jesus, so that we will bear much fruit. Help us to return to your promises and help us to remain connected with the people that you have redeemed. As we continue to study the beautiful story in the book of Ruth, I pray, Lord, that we will see you as our Redeemer, our rock, our fortress, our refuge. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.